Hi there, I'm Dr. Matt, your host and guide on this journey into the psychology of excellence. Now, before we dive in, let me be clear. While I may be a senior organizational development advisor at NASA, this podcast is a personal passion project of mine and is no way affiliated with my work at NASA. Instead, it's a platform dedicated to exploring the incredible world of mindset mastery. This podcast is ultimately a training platform where we dive deep into the minds of world-class leaders, athletes, and performers to uncover the secrets behind their peak performance. We're here on a mission to unpack the strategies, habits, and the mental frameworks that propel individuals to the pinnacle of their fields. Now, whether it's conquering the challenges of competitive arenas or just trying to better your everyday life, we're here to learn from the best. In each episode, we're gonna bring you intimate conversations with either myself or experts delving into their stories and extracting the practical research-based tools that you can apply to your own life. This is not just another podcast. It's a masterclass in cutting edge mental performance psychology. So whether you're striving for personal greatness or aiming to lead your team to new heights, join me on the Mastering Mindset podcast as we explore the uncharted territories of the mind. Get ready for insights, inspiration, and aha moments. This is the Mastering Mindset Podcast with Dr. Matt. Hi, welcome or welcome back to this journey towards mental mastery. We are continuing on this series on building a peak performance mindset. Now, I'm going to share a little story to start off this episode on building mindset. We have to understand that mindset can actually work for us if we train it, but it, it can also work against us if we leave it untrained, right? Think about your thoughts. Think about your brain. Think about your mind. Sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we get in this negative thinking trap and we can't get out of it. And so mindset is trainable, but you got to appropriately train it in order for it to work for you or it will work against you. Now, there was this couple that went to India and the couple saw this very strange sight of a huge gigantic elephant was tied to a very skimpy stake and a skimpy rope on the ground. And the couple looked at each other and saying, I don't get it. Like this elephant, as gigantic as it is, can easily just lift up its leg and set free but it was hostage. It was prison to this skinny rope and stake in the ground. And so they asked their tour guide, they said, sir, can you explain this to us? What's going on here? And the tour guide turned to them and said, you know, when this elephant was a baby, it was tied to that same exact stake and rope in the ground. But at that time, that rope and stake was much more powerful than the baby elephant. And that baby elephant tried to escape over and over again. So it developed this belief that whenever this elephant looked at that stake and rope, it believed that it was much more powerful than it. Now think about this in our own life. Have we ever looked at a situation where we may have outgrown or we may have progressed, but we look at a situation and we still feel defeated? we feel helpless. This is a condition where Dr. Martin Seligman 
from University of Pennsylvania coined learn helplessness. Learn helplessness is an academic term. We use it in academia and it's used in social psychology. Learn helplessness is a belief, is a mindset where we have tried certain things over and over and we failed multiple times. Learn helplessness is a condition and it can be stemmed from a traumatic experience in the past or failed attempts from the past that we attribute to our situation now. Now, if you think about learn helplessness and this mindset, this belief that gets us pickled in this corner where we don't think creatively, we have this very narrow view of black or white, either or, like I'm unable to do anything different. I look at the situation and this is just the reality. This is my life. Like that baby elephant who's tried over and over. So it stopped trying later on, right? This elephant grew massively and physically, you can see how big this elephant is, but inside the brain, it's still a child looking at that rope and stake and, and believing that that rope and stake is much more powerful than I am. What's the point? What's the use? Why even try? Martin Seligman said that learned helplessness is early predictors or early signs of depression. When we learn, learn helplessness, when we develop learned helplessness in our life, what ends up happening is that we attribute this kind of helpless belief into more of a pervasive, meaning it spreads into other areas of our life. And that's what starts to develop depression. Now think about this. This condition was learned. So if we have learned this condition, how do we unlearn it? How do we take a step back and take control over our life? One of the practices that I strongly recommend, if you're an executive, a leader, a high-performing athlete, a student, a parent, whoever you are, one of the most solid practices that you can do that literally change the biochemistry in your, in your brain and it changes your physiological state is gratitude. Practicing gratitude, genuine, authentic gratitude is one of the most significant shifts that you can make in your mindset immediately. Now, how apropos is this uh, session or this episode right before Thanksgiving? So we're a couple days out from Thanksgiving and we're in this season of gratitude, right? Giving thanks, Thanksgiving. And, you know, I've always been a firm believer of journaling and reflecting on three good things that happened each day. Oftentimes in my sessions, when I'm doing executive coaching or sports psychology sessions, I'm often asking this leader in front of me to recall and recant some things that they're grateful for and things that were highs in their week, things that they can say, you know, this genuinely went well, and I'm proud of myself for this. And the reason why I have them focus on this is because it does something to your brain where you start to naturally hunt for the good stuff in life. Every single human being out there has this tendency towards a negativity bias. We, we are careful. We're cautious. We're inundated with bad news every single day. 
the news filters, social media, we start to compare. Our mind gets filtered in this negative state, mainly out of caution and protection. We're trying to protect our family. We're trying to protect ourselves. So we look for the bad things so we can protect against it, right? It's like looking for the saber-toothed tiger back in the old days or looking for danger so we can avoid it. We often are hardwired to look for negative stuff in our life out of protection. When we practice gratitude, when we start to focus on things that went well and the things that we're proud of, we are literally hardwiring and rewiring our brain to start hunting for the good stuff. Now it takes effort, right? It takes training. It takes discipline in order for you to start doing this practice. But every single day, I strongly encourage all my clients and each one of you to reflect on highlights and three good things that happen each day. This is according to the research of Martin Seligman from UPenn, founder of Positive Psychology. Now, there's another gratitude exercise that I want to introduce to you today. Now, surprisingly, according to research, one of the best ways to alter your state of mind to be in a state of gratitude is when you can receive genuine gratitude from someone else. This receiving of gratitude, it literally changes and alters your chemistry in your mind and in your body when you can genuinely be in a state of gratitude, when someone's giving you genuine gratitude. Now, we're not going to go about waiting for gratitude to happen, but what we can do is we can induce gratitude in other people's lives by giving genuine and authentic praise and gratitude this Thanksgiving. If you can write letters to your loved ones, if you can express gratitude to your friends, maybe to your parents, even your children, or your teammates, or your coach, whoever has made an impact on you, and be very specific on how you express this gratitude on specific things they've done that are unique to them that have impacted you and how it has impacted you. Now, this practice is truly a gift to the other person that you're giving gratitude and thanks to because it will physiologically change their state. It will change the neurochemistry in your body, in your brain, to alter your state of mind. If you've ever watched a genuine exchange of gratitude from one person to another, you can see, and, and if that person can actually receive it and stay silent and, and be with it, listening to it and receiving it, you can see their state changing. Now, for me, I don't know if it's growing up from an Asian household and my Asian culture, but I've negated a lot of praises uh, that were given to me or a lot of gratitude statements that were given to me. I said, no, 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 no. I'm thankful for you. I'm, I'm constantly deflecting and negating it. It might be a cultural thing. I might've learned that from my parents. Um, but regardless, this was a practice and a conditioned response from me. Now, what I learned through my studies is the ability to actually receive because one, someone else is expressing a gift to me. 
It's like someone giving me a present and I'm constantly saying, no, 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 I don't want it. No, 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 you can have it. Here, let me buy you something. We are completely uh, undermining their ability to give. And, and I've learned from one of my mentors when I was a chief resident at a children's hospital in the Bay Area, this supervisor, this mentor of mine, he's a psychiatrist. And he told me, Matt, when someone gives you a compliment, try your best to hold that compliment inside your body, inside your mind for 10 seconds. Just sit in silence and receive that praise for 10 seconds. I can't tell you how uncomfortable that is to just receive someone's gratitude statement towards me or praise and hold it for 10 seconds. Usually it's a, a automatic response to negate it immediately. It doesn't even take me a second or two. I just, no, 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 no. I'm thankful for you. No, 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 no. Here, let me help you. Receiving gratitude can significantly alter your state of mind. Now, we're not going to be waiting for somebody to give us gratitude and thanks. Like, you know, hey, pat me on the back. Someone give me praise. Someone give me gratitude. That's not necessarily uh, what we're going to do this season. But what we can do is we can practice giving gratitude to the people around us that have impacted our lives. You might have the ability to change another person's state of mind by you cultivating and you giving genuine gratitude to them. In this Thanksgiving season, I strongly recommend you to practice giving gratitude and being able to shower somebody that you love or someone that you care about with genuine, authentic praise. Be very specific in how you give it to them. Talk about how whatever they did has impacted you and how it has changed your life. And if you can recount specific moments that you were truly genuinely grateful for, express that to them. It's one of the greatest gifts that you can give this Thanksgiving season. I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving, full of rest, full of gratitude and peace. Look forward to being with you again after the holidays.